So hello everybody and welcome to Let's Talk on Pirate Radio and today's guest is the fabulous, majestic and the most genuinely sincere and happiest person on the planet as far as I'm concerned, Katie Peters plays. How are you doing, Katie? I'm good. That is the nicest intro ever. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I've uh, actually been really looking forward to this because I'm very picky about who I watch and I always find oh. your stream very, very like uplifting. Like I... I don't need to feel any kind of cathartic draw when I when I'm watching a stream, but I always end up like putting you on in the background, and then I I, I just feel a bit better <laughs> regarding like whatever I'm doing. I could be working, and I'm just like, oh, lesser that kind of thing. So thank you for coming on the the show today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Time zones. Thank you for having me. That's like the best compliment, by the way. So I really appreciate that. No. I want my little corner of the internet to be a happy place, and I. It's nice to hear that that is for some people. Well, you, you do a fantastic job, trust me. So as I was about to say, time zones, it's one o'clock around about one in the afternoon there, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, it's 12.47 p.m. for me at the moment. 12.47. And here I am in the uh, the tiny island at uh, 7.47 in the UK here. <laughs> but uh, we, we've managed to work it out. So for those who are not familiar with you, who are you and what do you do? My name is Katie Peters Plays. I am a Twitch broadcaster, streamer. Um, I usually call myself a caster, and I heard that some people like to call themselves a streamer, so I don't really know if there's a difference there, but I play a lot of sci-fi and horror games, and I'm very community-focused and just like connecting with people on my channel. Fantastic. And what got you into streaming? Like, what were you doing before streaming? Um, well, I still work full time. Um, I'm a medical coder by trade, which is a weird little thing that I do, but I still work full time. But it started as a hobby for me because I moved to a new city with my husband, didn't know anybody. And this person um, that I admired was streaming on Twitch. I'd never heard of it. And he was playing Alien Isolation. This was like four years ago. So I clicked on it. and I ended up sitting on the floor watching it on my phone for most of the night. And I was like, I like video games and I want to connect with people, especially when you move to someplace new and you don't know anyone. It was like a hobby I started and I played GTA 5. I was awful at it. And I, I just remember like the first time I had a chatter show up and I was so nervous that oh. someone was talking to me. Um, but it it was just something I started for fun and I found by accident and it's turned into this wonderful thing for me. Right. Okay. So that's pretty cool. So you, you mentioned you were, you're a medical coder. So imagine to anyone listening, they're like, okay, she makes human babies. So what does that, what, what is a, a medical coder? What does it, what does that entail? I've done this for about nine years now. Um, I read medical charts and I pull diagnosis codes and charge codes from it. And I do like back end administrative medical work, I guess, if that makes sense. So I interpret what the doctors say, and I make sure that I assign the right conditions and things to a patient's bill and chart. Right. Okay. And have you been doing that for quite some time? Or Yeah, I fell into it after college. Um, the hospital in the area I was living at the time was hiring, and I kind of went in blind with it. And I've learned a lot on the job. And it's just kind of been something that I've grown into, I guess, over the last 10 years or so. And okay. it's, I never, I mean, I went to college for psychology and I have a degree in psych 
But I, I decided at one point, I was like, I don't want to become a counselor or a psychiatrist. I think it's fascinating, but I didn't think I wanted a career in that. So mm. after college, this is just kind of what I started doing. And it's been, it's been good to me. And I, I like having, I like having a job outside of streaming because there's more stability with that. But then on top of it, I can just focus on making fun stuff for people and I don't have to worry about numbers or analytics then. That's the, the funny thing about, uh, about college, I find, because a lot of people I know start college doing one thing or several things mm -hmm. if, if we're in the UK. And then they go, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. And they end up doing something sometimes completely different. Like for myself, I studied uh, English language, English literature, uh, media studies and computing. Mm. By my first year, I hated computing like with a passion, which is yeah. odd considering I still work in IT. But I like I got my passion for the programming and development absolutely murdered because of college, and now I tend to avoid it. So yeah, was that very similar with yourself and doing psychology? Obviously, you said you enjoy it, but was it something put you off doing it as a career? Or I think I started in college doing media theater arts, mm. which in some ways I kick myself for not continuing to do. But I, when you're like 18 and trying to decide what am I going to do for the rest of my life? It's, I think it's a lot to put on somebody at that age. Oh yeah. For and sure. I, I loved media theater arts, but I also, they had this one class and they brought in professionals from the industry to talk about um, what they were doing now, and they've been in the field for 10 years, and a lot of them were living paycheck to paycheck, and they were not all that excited about what they were doing. And it just, it struck me as maybe this isn't the right way for me to go. Right. And now that I'm older, I'm like, maybe I should have stuck with it and seen what would happen. But mm. I went with something that I felt I was more passionate about, which I loved learning about psychology and how the human mind works and how little we actually understand about it. Of course. But I, I think I realized that there's a heaviness to being um, a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And I didn't know that I would want to take that on in mm. like the sense of like being a counselor or something like that. I know a lot of people um, who do that and it's a wonderful field. I just don't think that my brain could have handled that for like a lifelong career if that makes sense no no for sure for sure i, I considered but, doing um like a, a typing job mm -hmm. oh way way back when i was small baby brian uh, and only 19 <laughs> uh, it was uh for the police and they were like you'd have to listen to these recordings but obviously there's a lot of heavy material involved in those recordings mm -hmm. and i thought no I, I i could maybe do it for a few months but then it would probably have a, a very negative impact on me so i ended up uh, declining that job and i imagine it's something very similar people who work in psychology they have to deal with a lot mm -hmm. of heavy material they've got to often keep it to themselves and oof, I, I imagine that can have quite the impact on their own psyche as it were yeah and that was one of the reasons i was like no i'm not going to go that route but i i loved learning about it and i loved the process of understanding things. And I know you can always go the scientific route and do studies and figure things out, but I, I don't think I would have enjoyed that either. <laughs> so I guess I just always try to make decisions based on what I thought was good at the time. And now doing Twitch, even though I never finished my media theater arts, I feel like Twitch allows me to be creative and yeah. do fun things besides just like 
computer working at a desk job, I can also do Twitch and do fun stuff that maybe I don't get fulfilled typing numbers and letters into a computer. Yeah. There's always generally I find a lot more fun with the practical side of things rather than like the theory like theoretical side of things. So yeah, I, I completely understand where you're coming from there. Um when I even especially with the sciences, let's say, I loved the practical side of physics. But there was very little mm -hmm. to actually do when you were studying physics when you when it came to yeah. doing practical stuff and then theory was mind-bogglingly like dull so <laughs> you would end up avoiding yeah. it so it, it's good to have like this this mix of you get to just be creative you just have this outlet of energy with twitch or um content creation in general and then of course mm -hmm. you get to have a bit more of a, a, a mind dump where you get to think critically and do stuff with your, your actual real life job as it were so I believe you actually got a new job recently. I did. I'm still in the same field, but it's been kind of a stressful transition. Right. But I'm trying to make the most of it and hope that I like to think that things happen for a reason and that they might not make sense right now. Right. Um, but maybe eventually that they will. So I have started a new job in medical coding, but I'm hoping to find something that makes me a little happier or another job in the field that makes me a little happier. Right. Okay. Cause that was going to be my follow-up question. Cause obviously you, you were saying how you felt like psychology wasn't the thing for you and you, you've ended up going in this direction. Are you, mm -hmm. I was about to ask, are you happy with the direction that you're going in? So is it a bit more 50, 50 there? I think the dream I, I feel everybody has is like, if we didn't have to work and we had a barter system and we could all mm. just do what we wanted would be amazing. But I do like medical coding. I just don't like the current job that I have. Right. So I think when there's a good balance of like my old job, I actually did really like, and I'm going to see if I can go back to them and just kind of pick up where I left off and we'll see how that works out. Cause there's a lot of processes involved with going back. Um, right. But yeah, I think that if I didn't have Twitch, I'd be a lot more miserable just because it's been such a good support system and I've been able to kind of get away from it all, if you will, like the stress of a new job and then come to Twitch and stream and visit friends and stuff. And it has helped in more ways than I think people might realize. So I've, I've been very grateful lately for Twitch and because it's not just like I can play video games for people. I can connect with people and have real conversations and right. I mean, I think that it allows transition. Okay, transitions in life are just difficult in general, but it's mm. nice to have a group of people that are kind of cheering you on throughout it. Yeah, I think that's something that isn't really spoken about that often with Twitch. Obviously, you see it on the social media platforms all the time. It's like, oh, burnout and oh, you need to take a rest and step away from Twitch sometimes. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's a lot of solace that can be found in doing broadcasting and streaming. Like, for example, I don't know if you know, because I look so youthful and everything, but I'm actually 31 years old. And being 31, all of my friends, every last one of them is like in a family, raising kids, bought mm -hmm. a house, all that shenanigans. And then there's me, the more of the not slightly tipsy guy playing video games kind of thing. <laughs> so a lot of the time I don't get to enjoy the lifestyle that I had in the past 10 years, which is often going out, being quite social. But mm -hmm. I've managed to fill up that space by going online, hitting the go live button, and then, you know, having fun with like my new family, as it were, with these online mm -hmm. friends that I've made. And you make quite a lot of connections through 
Twitch, like not just through your communities, but of course with other broadcasters, the whole yeah. networking thing. But you do form genuine friendships, and I think that's fantastic because obviously you get a lot of people going, oh, you know, online friends aren't real friends, and I, yeah. I, th I think that's completely bollocks. To be honest, I think like they're definitely real friends. I, you, you form genuine, fantastic bonds with these people, and yeah. it's good to have, as you said, almost almost like a support structure in a way, where yeah. Albeit, like, especially with your communities, with, with the chat, as we all tend to call it, it's a bit more one-sided. They tend to know a lot more about you, as a, uh, the caster, as opposed to you knowing all about them, especially if there's many hundreds of them. But it's still, as you said, it, it's there to say, it's good to say, oh, I'm having this issue, or I'm going through this transition. And then they go, yeah, you're dope, we support you. And it's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like, sometimes yeah. I need that. So yeah, it, it's, it's good to have that, that balance and that structure there. I agree. Going forward with Twitch, like, do you like having it as like a side thing or do you hope to one day make it a bit more like influential in your life and more of a mainstay and your main priority perhaps? I, I think that would be a wonderful thing just if I could do creative stuff all of the time. Mm. But I also realize that, you know, I think in a lot of ways it's, worked for me because it is more of a fun thing rather than a job. Right. Um, and I think the, the ideal would be like, Oh, I'm a full-time streamer on Twitch. I, and I get to do this for, for a living and everything. But I also realize that I don't want to put that pressure on it and I want to keep it fun. And I feel like I've had a lot of really cool opportunities because of Twitch and right. I've done things I never thought I would do. And so I always want it to be a mainstay in my life. I just, I don't know. I worry that if I ever switch to full time, that it would take some of the magic away. But that could just be me me fearful that it's been such a positive thing in my life. And I, like you said, on Twitter, you see people talking about I'm burnt out. I'm this, this isn't going well. And you're always constantly focusing on numbers and some months are better than others. And so I think for me, what I've loved about it is that it's like a community or a family that we get together a couple times a week. We hang out, um, we'll do movie nights and things like that. And it's more of a casual thing. Right. And I think that for me, that's been such a good thing. And it gives me an escape from work. Right. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like it, 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 it's a hobby at the end of the day, rather than a chore. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it goes without saying if you were to go full time, as you said, there's that pressure there. And yeah. it's a very ever evolving monster or beast is Twitch when you are full time. Because, like, for example, I was discussing with a friend of mine at work, actually, he was talking about like how saturated Twitch is. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Like, when Twitch first started, it was something daft like one broadcaster to every 70 viewers on average. Now, wow. now it's something like one to 30. Oh man, I, yeah. I believe that. I mean, it's grown a lot in the last few years. It's grown incredibly. Like, I, I wouldn't even hazard to guess how, like, much in terms of a percentage. Like, I, I would imagine it's probably like five hundred percent or something crazy like that. Um, just mm -hmm. to pluck an arbitrary number there out the sky. But even just how people consume content, even on the streaming platforms, people obviously have started paying a lot of attention to just chatting and all the various crazy and wild and sometimes terrifying things that can be found there. And mm -hmm. 
a lot of people supplement or have to supplement their content. So if you were going full time, it's probably accurate to say that you'd almost certainly need to go into YouTube or some other type of content creation as well. And then obviously that's more workload. It becomes less fun. And mm -hmm. again, you've got that pressure. So like, like yourself, I would love for it, I think, to become yeah. like a full-time thing, but it would be incredibly daunting. And I think the apprehension would potentially get the better of me at, at some points as well. Yeah. Cause I see on Twitter people who, I mean, I'm in awe of what they create and what they do and, uh, but it is a job at the end of the day mm. and they rely on that income for bills and food and all of that. And, you know, I think there's always a risk with everything. So sometimes the risk pays off and sometimes it doesn't, but I do think Twitch in a way is a respite for me. And so that's why I love it so much. And I would never want it to become a slog. Like I never want Twitch or content creation to become something that I dread doing mm. so at least for right now what i have works for me though the dream would be to just do something i love all the time if i could make that happen <laughs> yeah of course obviously in in terms of what you, what you do moving forward I, I believe you've got your own podcast is that right i do i actually have one with my friend um rob logan he's also known as the geek generation and we do a podcast about a show called the Orville right and it's called quantum drive and we talk about every episode of the Orville and we're working through season two now okay so I've heard of the Orville and I remember mm -hmm. like at three in the morning at some point going through Twitter and people going Star Trek Discovery and then other people going no the Orville so mm -hmm. what is the Orville so the Orville is do you know Family Guy and American Dad Yes, those shows. So Seth MacFarlane, he created a sci-fi comedy slash serious show called The Orville, which is very reminiscent um, to Star Trek The Next Generation, just with more comedy. And it's a little less serious. OK. And so I'm a huge sci-fi fan. And when I first watched this show, I was immediately in love with it. And my friend Rob was also so we had toyed around with like, should we do a podcast and just talk about the show that we love? Right. And okay. so it's. It's a show that's kind of light, but also deals with some heavy topics. And it's a fun show. People who on Twitter between Discover, Star Trek Discovery and um, the Orville is the new Star Trek isn't the same feel as old Star Trek. And then the Orville kind of feels like old Star Trek. Right. Okay. So I'm a big I'm sound like a big nerd right now. <laughs> no, no. Nerd away for sure. Mm -hmm. What What was with the pickles? Oh, the pickles. Okay, so there is an episode of the Orville where a main character departs the show and um, one character gives a jar of pickles to another character. Right, I don't okay. want to give any spoilers. So I um, won the jar of pickles from the show right. um, and it's forever displayed on my bookshelf in my stream background. <laughs> okay, I believe it was signed. Was that right? It by, is by it's the signed cast? by the director of the oh, episode. Oh, the so that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's a cool little it's a it's a show I love and now I have a piece of it, which mm. is really neat. And I'm glad it didn't break in the mail. <laughs> I, I can imagine it being quite being quite the uh, the talking piece as well. Like you someone comes around and visits you and you're like, Oh yeah, um so the jar of pickles, what's with that? Mm -hmm. And you're just like, Well, especially like many years down the line, say 10, 20 years from now, you you're having to explain what it is. I imagine that would be yeah. uh, quite the good uh, conversation starter. 
think so. I want to get a little light for underneath it so it kind of glows from within. <laughs> light up. That would be fantastic. You absolutely have to do that. little pedestal for it. Mm -hmm. um, is there any projects you've got coming up that you are hoping to well, start up, basically, and go into? I'm not trying to think if we have any. I have a lot of fun planned streams. I'm trying this year to do more like event, not events, but more fun things and pour my heart into more of that. And I think, oh, it's 2020. It's a fresh start. I want to do some things that I've been putting off for a while. So right. um, I, I don't have anything on the docket. We're supposed to actually go, uh, my friend Rob and I, to LA soon um, to go visit the Orville set, which is really exciting. And um, that will be cool. I guess I just hope um, fun projects will come up in the future. But I, I think since it's so fresh into the new year, I haven't really gotten far with that besides just planning fun things for stream and hopefully taking some trips and maybe going to some conventions. That would be cool. Have you considered maybe asking the folks at the Orville to collab? Maybe do an interview or a tour or something like that? Or is that I've what you're doing? actually done actually a couple interviews with them and um, with some of the the main concept artist for the show we've interviewed twice and one of the producers for the show um and those are actually up to listen to if anybody's interested and then we have another interview coming up soon with another um production member and i'm really excited about it so we've had some fun things with the orville podcast actually right. panning out so fingers crossed maybe there'll be fun things to announce in the future where can people find those oh uh, it's on um spotify apple and soundcloud and it's called quantum drive and i think i think we're the only podcast named quantum drive that's cool i'll put some links in the uh, the oh. description for the listeners to uh, follow as well um, so thank I was, you I, I already knew that you're quite big on the sci-fi and of course our listeners now mm -hmm. have worked that out as well what got you so much into sci-fi and like I, i'm very much into high fantasy and sci-fi but i yeah often find it tends to be one or the other with a lot of people it's like oh no you know lasers are better than guns uh, sorry swords and stuff like that so let's go with that route and vice versa do you find that you lean like significantly towards sci-fi and if so what, what got you into it i think sci-fi has always been a part of my life because when i was a kid my mom and sister didn't watch it with us but my dad and i would watch star trek the next generation right like when the new episodes were coming out okay. and I think that formation of the love of sci-fi came from that, just being exposed to it at a young age. And then I just remember I loved learning about space. And I think in a lot of ways, I wanted to live on the Enterprise, even as a young kid. <laughs> and so now that I'm an adult and there's a lot of sci-fi video games, I'm like, I can pretend to live in space for a while. Right. And right. I think it's just something that, Growing up, um, being a girl who's into Lego, sci-fi, and not really makeup and <laughs> girly things, it was hard to connect with people. Um, and sometimes you find that like a girl who is into that stuff or, or I got along with a lot of guys, but I feel like Twitch has really opened up that world for me to meet other people with similar interests, including sci-fi and Lego. And that's one of the things I've loved about this platform is it's hard in, in real life to meet people who have similar interests all the time. And yeah. this has been like sci-fi, especially I've gotten to connect with so many people about it because it's, I love it to a, a very passionate point. I love the expanse. I love 
any sort of sci-fi horror. And so like, there's just so much um, that I can geek out and talk about space. And I have people to do that with now. <laughs> it's crazy when you think about it. Cause at first you go into like streaming and whatnot thinking, okay, this is what I'm into. I hope I find people that are into it. And then you realize mm -hmm. your potential like audience pool and friendship pool is literally the size of a planet. And you're like, wait, yeah. oh, wow. Where are these people coming from? They exist. I'm not alone. This is fantastic. And yeah, that's one thing I've particularly loved about uh, streaming. Like real life, I'm, I'm very social. As I mentioned, I, I've always been a, a rock and roller for lack of a better phrase, a very cliche phrase uh, my my 20s late teens very much partying very much going out drinking with my friends and i i love my friends dearly and i have some of the best friends on the planet mm -hmm. but there's only maybe two or three of them where we gel with when it comes to our hobbies and interests whereas most of them it's a case of we just have a good time around each other whereas on yeah. the, the internet it's like wow we all love this thing very very much we all love going and playing these games very very much where it is almost fanatical and you know passionate and whatnot and it's it's fantastic and yeah again it, it brings me back to wondering why some people are like oh that's not a real friendship and it's like really person i know <laughs> i just oh, it, it blows my mind how people can have that uh, mentality yeah, sometimes not, i've met a lot of my best friends on the internet and it, it the only thing that's different is there's a distance between you and that other person and then when you go to conventions and you hang out it's like you're meeting up with someone you've known forever exactly yeah i i definitely feel that especially when i first started streaming i would stream at silly o'clock in the morning which has led to the vast majority of my viewers being from north america so i don't mm -hmm. actually have a lot of uh, european based uh, online friends of course, everyone's on the other side of the planet when it comes to like the friends that I make. So going to conventions is a huge thing for me. I love going to, to TwitchCon. I have a fantastic time there to the point mm -hmm. where when I have to get on the plane home, it bums me out beyond all recognition. It's very, very depressing. But when I, as you said, when I am there and I'm seeing people sometimes for the first time, sometimes the first time in a year, immediately it's like, I've missed you. You're fantastic. Let's go, let's go and do all the, the fun things together as if we've done it for years and years and years and years. Yeah. So is there any conventions that you're particularly looking forward to going to? Man, there's always a ton of conventions I hope to get to. Um, sometime in the future, I'd love to go to E3. I'd love to go to PAX East because I have a lot of friends on the East Coast and they all go to PAX East versus coming to like TwitchCon. Right. It, it's, it's a big chunk of money to fly from one side of the US to the other, which that's why I'm always amazed. Like you came from the UK and it's, it's a long haul. How long of a flight is it for you to get to TwitchCon? Uh, to San Diego, it's 11 hours. Oh man. It, I mean, that's not as bad as I would think, but that is a, that is a huge jet lag inducing thing. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, I've like spoken about it before with quite a few people when they asked me about it. Cause um, I, try to save of course as much money as possible because it's a long journey and of course inherently an mm -hmm. expensive journey so rather than go from a local airport like the, i live in nottingham uh, which is a city pretty much smack bang in the middle of the uk and there's an airport probably like a 20 minute bus ride from where i live i can go from there straight to san diego and that would cost me usually about two and a half thousand pounds so you know oh. pushing towards three thousand us dollars 
Whereas I don't want to pay that. So what I tend to do is go to uh, a major airport, say London or Manchester, which is a four hour coach ride in either direction. And then mm -hmm. I tend to go to a like an international airport in the States. So um, back at San Jose, I actually flew to San Francisco. When I went to San Diego, I actually flew to uh, LA. And in those instances, I got a train because it was ridiculously cheap. Whereas yeah. here in the UK, trains are stupidly expensive. So that's something that really impressed me. But um, both in San Jose to, sorry, San Francisco to San Jose and LA to San Diego, I spent maybe about 40 bucks in both like return journey. And the wow. flight from London to LA was 400 pounds. Mm. which is obviously significantly less than two and a half yeah, thousand. Yeah, that's a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah, but of course that adds a lot of time to the journey. So I'm often traveling for anything upwards of like over 30 hours. Like at la last year in, um, or rather 2018 for San Jose, I was awake for 36 hours. And oh. I actually, when I actually arrived in San Jose, there were friends there already. So we, we immediately went out partying and I'd stayed up for 42 hours before I actually Ooh. went to sleep. But it was fine because like my body's kind of used to that because again my previous lifestyle and it was very similar for LA. I arrived um, in San Diego, I think it was like 10 in the evening, immediately went mm -hmm. out and met people <laughs> and then eventually went to bed at like two in the morning. That is, I, how do you function at that point? I feel like I would be needing to be wheeled around in a wheelchair or something. <laughs> Carefully, that's how. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, with a lot of resting on things, <laughs> but no, to, yeah. to be fair, like I said, my, my lifestyle was always quite uh, party based and whatnot. So I'm, I'm used to literally partying for days straight or going to music festivals and barely sleeping at all. Uh, so mm -hmm. I, I've got that, thankfully. I imagine in a few years when I start getting to like my mid thirties, late thirties, my body's going to go stop that. <laughs> this is not yeah. healthy, kind of thing. But we'll see. We'll, we'll enjoy it while it lasts. I, yeah, that's impressive though. You've been training for years. Yes. I, I imagine it's definitely going to have its impact on me at some point where <laughs> my liver just falls out. Obviously you mentioned E3. Mm -hmm. Like PAX is definitely one I would love to do. PAX East um, for sure. That, that one's very infamous for being, or, or rather famous for, for being a great time. E3 though, I used to really want to go to E3. But mm -hmm. in the, the past few years, I, I can't help but hear very negative things about it. Is, is that something that has been impacting your, your, your craving as it were to go to E3? Yeah, I think it's, it's on the list and it's more of like a bucket list thing right. than being like, all right, I want to, this is the dream. Um, but I've heard that as well, that it's been disappointing. And I know like Twitch doesn't have a huge representation mm. at E3. So if I were to go, it would be more for like the love of video games and seeing what's coming out. Um, but I do think PAX would probably come before E3. And I feel like TwitchCon's just been great because I've gotten to do so many cool things at TwitchCon that um, that E3 might, I might just be kind of milling about in the crowd versus like hanging out with people and spending time and connecting. And so I think E3 is more of a leisure thing versus right. a, social, a social thing, which is what TwitchCon is to me. Yeah, I mean, with with TwitchCon being about the streamers and broadcasters, it it does definitely put a different tone on it, doesn't it? Because obviously you get there and it's it's about you, the streamer and the broadcaster in your community. Whereas obviously when you get to say PAX, it's it's about games and less focus on that community aspect. But, yeah. 
but it would be cool to just walk around like let's play these games and things like that maybe not with all the queuing that i've heard exists there but <laughs> otherwise i imagine no. it would be a great time um i would love to do gamescom but i've heard it's gargantuan like it's, yeah. it's something crazy like well well over a hundred thousand people that are attending so i imagine that would be quite different as well as an experience like i've been to huge events i used to do music festivals all the time um one mm-hmm. one here in the uk called download which is like a rock and metal festival and that's about a mm-hmm. hundred thousand people but that's slightly different when everyone is incredibly drunk and barely able to stand and just listening to music as opposed to like queuing up for things have you ever yeah. considered doing any eu or perhaps even australia or other locations for conventions I- I'd love to. I think for me, it's the cost Mm. and um, getting time off of work is also another thing. Um, But I would love to. I've been to the UK and I've been in the Amsterdam airport and that's all I've experienced over there. Um, But I would love to come over and I know TwitchCon Europe is going to be in Amsterdam this year. Right. And GamesCon, is that in Germany? Yes. Okay, I was like, am I misremembering that? I just think it would be neat to come over and see a bunch of my EU friends because a lot of times they can't come over here to TwitchCon or some of the events because it is, it's a it's a long haul, it's a lot of money. And I think I would love to kind of sandwich a European trip with a convention at some point. I think there's a lot on my bucket list and I'm hoping to accomplish that in like the next 10 years. So maybe some year I'll fly over there and hang out with all you guys. That would be cool. That would be very, very cool. To be fair, I've like been focusing so much on North America TwitchCon that I sometimes forget about EU on, and I'm like, I should really go to that because it would be like a couple of hundred pounds to go. So it's mm-hmm. certainly a lot more viable. So maybe this year I'll uh, I'll endeavour to go. Although I was uh, in the the last episode of Let's Talk, um, talking to Shannon Nina who lives in uh, Amsterdam. She was saying that it's like the Eurovision Song Contest and the Formula One at the same time. So if you do decide to go this year, go quickly because um, those hotels are getting booked very, very swiftly. Um, so it's the same weekend as like a Formula One race? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And okay. uh, I don't know, if, I think it's Eurovision. Are you familiar with the Eurovision Song Contest? I didn't. I, I've heard of Eurovision. I think, is it a, a television station? So it's a, a contest with uh, Europe, basically. And mm-hmm. each country sends like a band or a singer to participate and then the rest of the countries vote for who was the best basically and it's like it's it's all a political farce like everyone who's a neighboring mm-hmm. country votes for each other even if they had the most horrific singer <laughs> on the planet but it's it's always a giggle and like so some of the participants that go on are either incredibly weird or incredibly bad and occasionally you'll get someone who's like absolutely awesome like one year mm-hmm. um are you familiar with lordy yes they uh, were sent in as a like to represent i think it's norway or where they're from and they, they were like sent up and people were like, wait, Lordy, <laughs> like are going to be on the Eurovision mm-hmm. Song Contest as opposed to like the UK who sent in some like made up horrifically cheesy pop band that no one had heard of. Um... But yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun, but weird. But again, also in Amsterdam at the same time, and a, a lot of people will be in that crowd as it's quite a, a big arena that they are performing usually. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it'd be a very event filled weekend and then you could find something to do if TwitchCon didn't work out. <laughs> That's very true. There would always be something to do. So you you mentioned this bucket list. Mhm. There are a lot of things on this bucket list. I think I've never really sat down to make a bucket list, 
But I always have these things that reoccurringly pop up that I'm like, I want to do that. Right. And this year I started a goals list. And okay. so I think on that, I put some bucket list items that I hope to accomplish this year. And some of it's just as simple as like visiting a friend or, I mean, exercising more. But I don't right. know if that's more of a bucket list or resolutions. Right. Um, but I, I think I've always had a few things that... I oh I want to accomplish, but I also don't like thinking about death too often. So right. I'm like I don't, I don't it, it know is a bit that. distracting. <laughs> yeah. To think about I gotta do this before I die. But I I think a lot of it comes from like just wanting to have more experiences. Cause I think it's so easy to just kind of get stuck with, oh, I'm home, I'm doing this, I work, I'm tired, I wanna sleep in. But like sometimes I even doing something, there's something called like a turkey trot here. So on Thanksgiving morning, you can go and do a 5K or a 10K okay. um, on Thanksgiving morning. And the theory is you raise money for charity and then you also work off some of your Thanksgiving meal. Right. <laughs> and so most of the time I'd be like, I just want to like sleep in on Thanksgiving. I don't have to worry about anything. But I've started to realize like doing something even like that is an experience that I can have. And I did that with a friend a few years ago and it was just a a fun memory and now every thanksgiving we have this picture we took of ourselves at the finish line and we text it to each other every thanksgiving and i think there's so much in life that we can experience and it can be small things or big things and i think i just want to do more of those so that yeah. i have those memories rather than what tv show i watched on friday night kind of thing right no i, I completely get that I mean, I've, I've never like likewise considered uh, a bucket list myself. Like I've got friends who are like, I want to do this and this and this and this, like a, one mm -hmm. of my nearest and dearest, um, Trish, she like documents everything. She takes pictures on Instagram of everywhere she wants to go. And she's got the next 20 years planned out with her and her fellow and where they're going to go and what they're going to do and how many pictures she's going to take while she's there. I, on the other hand, I'm like, I just, I that looks nice. Let's go there sometime. You know, that, that's basically yeah. how I plan ahead. Um, I'd love to go to Tokyo. I think yeah. that's something I would endeavor to one day do when uh, funds are a lot more affluent. Um, but otherwise, it's a case of I just kind of roll with it and I, I'll see something. I'm like, oh, can I do that now? No, well, maybe mm -hmm. I can in a year if I save a wee bit. Cool, let's do that then. But there's nothing, nothing other than maybe going to Tokyo that really I want to do. Is there anything yeah. that is on your, like, pseudo bucket list as it were that you've definitely got in, in mind for maybe five ten years time that's particularly exciting for you or i a few years ago my granny was born and raised in scotland right and um she's passed away in the last few years but we my husband and i got to go to scotland and visit the town that she was raised in and that i got to go to the house that she was born in right and that was a huge thing on my bucket list for a long time was to go to Scotland and see some of Scotland, but also go, um, the town she was, she was born in was called Brody Ferry. Right. And so I got to go there. And I think that that was honestly one of like the biggest thing on my bucket list. And I've luckily been able to do that. Um, but I don't have anything that's just like on the list now that I'm like, I got to do this in the next five to 10 years. I think I've been mostly just focusing on there's like a magician coming to town soon and it's like $6 a ticket. I'm sure he might not be the greatest, 
magician, but I'm like, that would be a fun experience. Yeah. And I think my focus lately has been, I want to do fun things or, or have experiences that I normally wouldn't do or things that kind of push me out of my comfort zone that I can grow in. Mm. So like at TwitchCon, I've done some stage work and I never thought in a million years I would do that. I'm inherently a very shy person. Right. So I think on my bucket list is that I want to push myself to do things that I never thought I would be capable of doing and kind of just pour my heart into more things. But I don't have a trip or anything that I'd be like, yeah, I want to do that. I think just I just want to be content. Yeah. Is my main goal. <laughs> it's good to be content. Like at, at the other end of the spectrum, you've obviously got people who are like, no, I just want to play the video games. And that's fine. And mm -hmm. a lot of people can look on that very critically. But I do personally, like I, I've noticed that I, I do spend a lot of time at home now, kind of thing. And, I, yeah. and, and it is mostly because of the whole working full time like yourself. You come home mm -hmm. and then you go, okay, well, let's, let's stream, let's do that. And then you realize, oh, I, I forgot to save or allot some time to do outside things that isn't my job or my other job or you know things like that yeah but when i do go out i i find myself becoming a lot more uh spontaneous than i used to mm -hmm. be and i'll just be walking down the street with my friends and i'll be like yo what's this i don't know it could be a giggle though let's go in and like check it out and it, yeah. it it's i think it adds a bit of like extra flavor to it because it's like we didn't plan this it just happened and yeah and I think it's, it's like that with a, a lot of things, like even streaming, like you just do a stream sometimes that you didn't even schedule. You're just like, oh, I, I, it's my day off, but I fancy doing it. And suddenly it becomes the best one you've had in, in weeks or months. Mm -hmm. Have you had any like events like that recently where you're like, you, you didn't expect to do it and suddenly you did. And you're like, this is amazing. Let's do this 12 more times. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, like I kind of last minute was like, I'm going to do a Christmas Eve stream. Mm. and because my Christmas was a little more quiet this year and it was one of my favorite streams I've ever done where I just, I got to celebrate the holidays with my community. And I had people saying like, I didn't have anywhere to go tonight. This was a really cool thing to do. I got mm. to spend time here tonight. And it like, in a, I mean, in an emotional way, it was just like really heartwarming to know yeah. that this was a place that people could come and hang out and, I normally don't stream on Tuesdays. I didn't know I was going to stream that night and I did. And it, I, I've found that I'm appreciating more as I get older, this, the simpler things than, you know, like there's always like the keeping up with the Joneses. And that's another thing with Twitch is sometimes there's a lot of comparisons or like, I'm not doing it like this person, this person's doing this better than me. And uh, I think sometimes just taking a step back and looking at it at its core, I've you know, I'm getting, I'm getting older. I'm 31 as well. Right. <laughs> and really? I'm, I'm realizing, yeah, I'm realizing that I'm appreciating just like simpler things than I, I used to. And I kind of prefer that over the rat race of trying to always be better, do better and, and just not putting so much pressure on myself. Yeah. It's, it's, it's easy to just go with the flow. And um, like, like you were saying, finding contentment, like it's always nice to better yourself and improve upon things but not to put that pressure on yourself that you always have to yeah and i think that's something that a lot of uh creators and maybe people in general even have to ask themselves like why are they doing what they're doing like oh I'm, when they get to the point of burnout 
and yeah. they're stressing over things and comparing themselves to to their, their peers. I think at that point they have to go, why am I comparing myself? Why don't I just enjoy it? And like, I've been there, like, I'm, I'm not going to mm-hmm. s- sit on a pedestal looking down going, ah, ha, ha, peasants kind of thing. How dare you have these silly thoughts? <laughs> like, I've been there, like, it, it happens to all of us. And yeah. I do find myself going, wait, I am being daft. I need to just take a step back and go, I just love hanging out with my community. Obviously, there's a lot more pressure if you're doing it full time. You, you need to, yeah. you know, afford your house and stuff. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I thankfully don't have that pressure because I work full time. But mm-hmm. um, I think that is a... Again, like a, something that's not really spoken about when people mention it again on social media, they're always just like, oh, I'm comparing myself. I need to stop it. It's like, ask yourself why you need to stop it. Ask yourself why you're doing what you do. Mm-hmm. Do you have a lot of those doubts yourself or? I, I always do. I mean, I'd like to pretend that I'm super like, oh, I know I have so much confidence and but I beat myself up a lot. And I think inherently social media. um. Just, I mean, growing up, the, social media was not really a thing for me. So mm. the landscape has changed over the last 10 years, even from Facebook came out when I first started college. And then it was like, ooh, what is this? And MySpace was kind of a thing. But even if you think back to the days of MySpace, you had your top eight and you would always offend somebody if they weren't in your top <laughs> eight. Oh and my so, God. <laughs> it's like, even from the origin of social media, it's mm. about who's the best who has the most likes on things, who's getting all the comments. And it's hard when you're on Twitch and on Twitter a lot and to not feel that pull. But I think it's good to remind yourself that no matter what you've accomplished, it's still amazing no matter how big or small. Or, I mean, honestly, I've seen so many people do amazing things of all different sizes on Twitch. And um, I think sometimes I need the reminder to not compare myself to other people in situations because every situation's different. And also people show only what they want to show online. It's there's always stuff going on in the background that we don't know about. Yeah, for sure. And again, that's that's something that isn't always translated very well, especially obviously to our, our viewers and communities where they they know you so well in some aspects because it's what you know mm-hmm. what what's behind the curtain. And it's like, ah, oh, well there's depression and this and things going on personally in my life or etc and a lot of people are like but you're always so jovial and happy and it's like i kind of need to be because if i'm not one it will probably murder me and two <laughs> you wouldn't really enjoy the show if i was just weeping in the fetal position for the next four hours and i, I, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people forget that that streamers are human there is more to them than just being the entertainer as it were I, yeah. a, a lot of us are very lucky in the aspect that we do have communities who are just like, all oh, right, so, you know, this person's dope. Let's give them some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's it goes a long way with my community. I try really hard to remember what go, what's going on in their lives. Mm. And I mean, the whole reason I'm I'm on Twitch is because it's been such a I love the the community and the support system that comes from it. But I'm also just. I like connecting with people on a deeper level than like, oh man, did you see what happened in the video game? Like, I want to know if you have a job interview. I want to know if you're, you know, if you're having a hard time, I can't be your therapist, but I can encourage you that things will be okay and that it'll work out. Um, But there's, there's a lot that I think um, just having the ability to 
share my life with people and have them share it with me while we're so all spread out all over the world is incredible. So I think that social media in that way is a fantastic thing. I think it is easy, though, to fall into that trap of I'm not good enough. But I think it's it's better to remind yourself that at your core, if you take all of that away, um, the connections you made are more important than the numbers. And that, and that is a, a very valid point, obviously. Um, I know Instagram are considering taking away likes or hiding likes. Mm-hmm. So it's not about the competition. It's about connecting, which yeah. is the, the bit that we want. And likewise, with Twitter, they've recently announced that they're going to do the different types of posts that you can make. So you can do a statement post where no one can like it or retweet it or even respond to it. Or you could do a post where only your followers or mutuals, I think, um, can reply to it and things like that. And it's mm-hmm. surprising that they're going in that direction because obviously for them, the benefits or what they would ideally want to drive is engagement because more engagement means more people see their ads and whatnot. So I am very yeah. surprised that they're going in that direction. But I think that speaks volumes of how toxic it can be to the point where they've noticed actually as much as it's making us money, it, it's, it's upsetting a lot of people. Maybe we should try and make it better in a way. And, you know, that, that's a, a very good thing to see. And I think... It is something we do need to occasionally step back from and go, mm-hmm. I, I got this to connect. Maybe I'm here just to post memes and have a bit of a laugh, but I'm also here to connect with people and not try and one-up each other and be like, aha, I've got more likes than you, or I'm more popular than you, or whatnot. Yeah. And it, at the same time, as um, self-deprecating as it may sound to, to admit, you do sometimes fall into that trap and go, oh, I, I am going to you know, outperform this person with this meme or I am going to do this and, you know, try and get more likes. And then you're like, wait, why am I doing it? Why do I care? Like, it's just arbitrary numbers going up on a, on a screen. Mm-hmm. And, and sorry, yeah, it's tough. No, it's tough to have when you're constantly on line, it is hard to not compare, especially when there's companies that want to know your analytics to work with you. Right. And so it's hard to, in, in, in a perfect world to just set that all aside and it's based on your character and who you are as a person, there's always those little nagging things. And I think the industry in general, I've had people tell me, um, you know, Twitch is like Hollywood in a way. Mm. And I'm like, I, I can kind of see it. it's in the entertainment industry. And it's hard because I mean, I, I don't know if it's just because I've been more introspective lately, but I think it was the Golden Globes were on this last weekend. Yeah. And I didn't watch them but there was a lot of news articles about it and i was thinking about it, i was like there's five people i think who get nominated and only one of them wins and i was just thinking about the four people who don't win they have to sit in the audience and it's similar to what like twitter is where yeah. you're you're whoever gets the most attention or seems like they get the most attention and then you i i wonder if they beat themselves up for not winning because we're all humans at the end of the day and i think a lot of what our world is, is competing with each other. And I think that it's good to think about how if we all like work together and we're all on a team, I think we would advance a lot further if we stopped competing for who's the most popular or who has the most likes or who did just slightly better than you. Mm. And um, I just never really noticed how much of our society is so much based on competition. I mean, even sports. I mean, I guess it, there's some fun in that, but also I think that it's also very detrimental to our mental health. 
especially like going back to the Oscars. I mean, sorry, not the Oscars, the, the Golden Globes. With the Oscars, mm. I think you have to pay in some way to be like uh, considered for nominations. I'm not sure that's the same with the Golden Globes. So I imagine like if you're one of the other nominees and you don't win, it's like I didn't even like enter myself into this competition. I was entered yeah. by someone else. And it's just like, oh, I just lost something that I didn't even know I wanted to win. So mm-hmm. I imagine it is very, uh, very impactful to uh, their emotions just going, oh, it sucks. I, want, I, yeah. I didn't even know I wanted to win this until I lost the kind of thing. Yeah. And hopefully with the new changes that are coming to social media, it will have like a ripple effect and we will stop competing with ourselves or with our peers as, as often as we find ourselves doing. Mm-hmm. And things will become a bit more about just just connections and whatnot. Although yeah. Twitch is getting a lot more mainstream, so probably not <laughs> to, to yeah. take a cynical point of view of it. Because as we mentioned yeah. earlier, it's, it's, it's vastly expanding and becoming a lot more mainstream because of uh, folks like the likes of Shroud and Ninja, of course, and whatnot. Um, what, what do you think of the direction that Twitch is going? It's been interesting. And there's stuff that people have been like, I wish Twitch would make this change. And instead they do like, hey, we've got more badges for you all. And <laughs> things like that. So I, I think there's a lot of hits and a lot of misses. Um, but at least they're trying things. Yeah. And um, some of the features I don't use. And uh, one I saw recently, they just released the hype train. And um, sorry, I, I was one... I was in a stream yesterday when um, the hype train just initiated, and they had no idea it was coming. Uh, it was it was it me JP, and he ripped into it so much. He was just like, "What is this? Why is it saying hype? What's going on?" Yeah. It tickled me so much. But sorry, go on. No, I I I didn't even. Obviously, we don't know these things are coming, and then they just come out, and it's like, oh, and I think these were automatically enabled in people's yeah. dash dashboards, so like it probably just happened for him and he was like caught off guard by it exactly no that that is what happened i think you know someone had mentioned on twitter i feel i'm on twitter a lot because of doing twitch and and everything but someone had mentioned that it was like all of the things that they've been releasing lately is just more ways to earn money and it's so it's from it's a very the decisions twitch makes are very business oriented and less so community oriented um, and I'd like to see more of a mix of that where there's rewards for, um, not only monetary things, but also just for hanging out. I guess they did kind of do that with the channel currency yeah. and that was kind of cool to see cause it's just time spent versus, uh, monetary, uh, spent. <laughs> so it's, it's something that it's, I'm glad that Twitch tries new things and that for the most part, they listen to feedback um, in some areas. There's, there's other issues, I think, with anything, but managing a platform like this, I'm sure, is very challenging. Oh, for sure. Like, I, I can be very critical of Twitch, but I do it mm-hmm. in a loving way, as it were. And yeah. Obviously, you mentioned uh, the currency, and you know, there was this, like, this plethora of, oh, let's have these features that somehow drive users spending money. And of course... Mm-hmm maybe putting on a bit of a tinfoil hat or maybe I'm just sensible. Um, even the currency thing, it's something they're making native to Twitch. Something you'd yeah. otherwise have to go to a third party site for. Of course, mm-hmm. it means people stay on Twitch. They stay on, uh, in front of ads, etc., etc. So even that 
is potentially just to keep people spending money, even though they're not doing it with that particular um, me mechanic or whatever you want to refer to it as. There's a clear uh, stance that Amazon has taken with them. And it's like, okay, you're owned by us now. You need to make more money and keep making more money and find ways to make more money. And mm -hmm. I think it will continue to pull away from the community aspect. As much as I also believe there are people at Twitch who are OG and they're like, let's, you know, keep Twitch as, Twitch as long as we can. But I, I think it's kind of flogging a dead horse at the same time. It's, it's going to be a race they'll lose inevitably. But yeah. it's kind of like expected when things get that big at the end of the day. Like Twitch is huge now. It's, yeah. It's just a monolith of awesomeness, to be fair. But at the same time, it's, it's expected to go on a more corporate route. Is there anything that Twitch has done that really took you off guard, though? And you were like, wait, wait a second, like, stop that. <laughs> Twitch behave kind of thing. I mean, I, I feel like most people feel this way, but um, the enforcement of the terms of service would be. Needs to probably be re, re looked at mm. and. Um, Do you have any suggestions for that? Oh, man, I don't know. I just think enforcing what you say you're going to do is very important. I'm, I'm very much a person that's um, words are everything, but actions speak much louder than words. So I'm, I generally don't like hop on the, the train of voicing my opinion on Twitter or anything like that about those things. But I do feel like, like, I mean, they've, they've made some mistakes. I remember a while back um, when Ninja was still on Twitch, they were promoting the heck out of his New Year's Eve stream. Right. All and of the people's stream. Yeah. And I mean, I've I've done three years in a row a New Year's Eve stream. And it's just there's things that are made from a business perspective that just kind of feels like a slap in the face to creators who are not ninja or who right. um aren't on that caliber maybe of what makes money. Mm. So it's it's just things like that where I feel like there does need to be more sensitivity because on a whole, we all earn Amazon money. And um, I would love to just see more features for people of all different sizes on on Twitch, not just um, there's a place for all of us. And I feel like it'd be cool if some smaller streamers or, you know, I consider myself a smaller streamer to be, you know, featured mm -hmm. more prominently than down on the bottom of a list. Yeah, and I think that that is something that a lot of us would prefer to see. Like I literally retweeted some random bloke on Twitter the other day. No idea who they were, but they made some really great suggestions. And it was, it was mostly stuff that was quality of life rather than features. It was like, mm -hmm. it would be nice to have these additional statistics in our analytics. It'd be nice to have um, additional functions for just accessibility and chat and stuff like that. And it's like, it would be really nice to have these things. And it does feel like sometimes they get overshadowed by what's a new feature we can add that again drives money in some way or form and i also understand when it comes to the moderation of twitch it's something that will always be very difficult to do um i was looking at are you familiar with commander root no i'm not right -o. so commander root, you've probably seen the name before in your chat um commander root is um a bloke who does um like develops his own like codes and stuff. But he actually uh, provides a lot of statistics 
Um, so on Twitter, usually every quarter you'll be like, okay, this is how many people are streaming. This is how many people are affiliates and partners. Um, so for example, um, he literally did a post, I think it was on the 2nd of January, maybe the um, New Year's Day. And it was something crazy like, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact figure. I think it was something like three million people were viewing affiliates or something stupid like that. Like it was proper crazy. Um, and then mm -hmm. of course, like half a million of people were watching like, uh, sorry, the other way around, um, half a million people watching affiliates and then obviously like partners and stuff like that. And when you think about how many people are actually on Twitch just as a viewer, as well as obviously the thousands of uh, affiliates, um, bear with me, here we go. Uh, so 776,000 people are affiliates. And there's 40,155 partners. That's a mm -hmm. lot of people to govern and make sure they don't do stupid shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. and you see like with DMCAs and things like that, even on YouTube, people are like, oh, why is it automated? It's like, well, it has to be. Because if it's not yeah. automated, it's too late. And if it's too late, it's a lot of money that that business doesn't want to lose at the end of the day. And I do hope that which will go in the direction of hiring more people for the moderation teams. But yes, yeah. I also think those moderation teams need to have a conversation with themselves and go, we all believe in this thing. These are the standards that we're going to maintain. Because there's definitely like one person in one corner with one ban hammer going, this person's a plonker, let's ban them for X amount of time. And then someone does a yeah. significantly less harmful thing on the platform and suddenly they're banned for life. And it's like, wait, what, what's going on? You know, without naming names, of course, but there's, there's definitely some skews with the, the, the behavior of what uh, people can get away with, as it were. Yeah, I, I think that in general... There, I mean, I, it is, it's a large platform. It's hard to manage all of us. Mm. So I don't know. I, I, I wonder if they look back and think, oh, if I had just, if we had just done these things differently, um, cause there's a lot of partners, there's a lot of affiliates, um, and then there's a lot of viewers. It's, it's hard to, I mean, that's why a lot of us are in charge of our own channels and we have our own moderators and everything. So it's, it's, it's a lot. I was just looking at another uh, statistic here in the last three months there have been 4,185,816 users which streamed at least once in the last three months. Man. That's, that's people that stream, not even just the folks in chat watching. That's, yeah. when, you, when you think about it, that's insane. That's a, a scary amount of people. <laughs> so yeah, I, it I, is. I definitely understand that it's incredibly difficult. But at the same time, I do think they need to do more. And I, I think mm -hmm. they need, something needs to happen. And, yeah. it, and it sucks because the thing that needs to happen is something bad. Something bad, really bad, <laughs> needs to happen. And then Twitch will go, oh, crap. We fucked up. Yeah. How could we have avoided that? Oh, by doing this. And then that's when things will go in the right direction. Fingers crossed, though, it's nothing too bad. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's been some bad stuff already. Oh, yeah. Um, it just, how bad does it need to be in order for things to change, you know? I, I suspect... Again, probably being a bit more cynical and like the whole evil corporations things, but I'm going to go with pretty bad, <laughs> like real yeah. substantially worse. Like, obviously, it's a matter of perspective. Like, some people obviously are quite upset about the whole bathroom thing with uh, Dr. Disrespect uh, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I, I think it's going to have to take like full on criminal activity, I suspect, is yeah. going to be what actually does it. Oh. Which sucks. Yes, but, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, and biting our nails and uh, panicking when it does happen, probably. 
Um, but what we'll do is I think we will leave it there for this evening, Katie. It has been an okay. absolute pleasure having you here. And um, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitch at Katie Peters Plays and on Twitter at Play Katie Play because my name is one letter too long on, <laughs> right. on Twitter. Um, those are the two platforms I'm mostly active on. And um, yeah, come hang out with me. I'd love to have you and say hello and chat. Thank you for having me on here and for making it work late at night for yourself. It's fine. I'm going to be up until silly o'clock in the morning because I'm an idiot. So it's it's absolutely fine. <laughs> but uh, thank you once again for participating on uh, Let's Talk on Pirate Radio. Uh, for the listeners, the links to all of Katie's social media will be in the descriptions, be it on Spotify, YouTube, etc. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you.